part two in our Real Moms Plan series. Today, I'm joined by a mom of young children. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam Barnhill, and I have helped thousands of homeschoolers create doable systems, beat burnout, and bring more joy to their homeschool day. Welcome to episode 72 of the 10 Minutes to a Better Homeschool podcast. Yep, today I am joined by Christelle Larson. She is a member of our homeschool community who has been doing Put Your Homeschool Year on autopilot pretty much since the beginning of her homeschool career. She has some very young children. Her oldest is seven, and she uses autopilot to help her get prepared for her school year. So I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation with Christelle talking about how she kind of manages all the moving parts and cuts down her work to as little as possible for during the school year. If you are interested in Put Your Homeschool Year on Autopilot, it is not too late to get it for this summer. We still have a wonderful chat GPT bonus going on where we are adding modules for ChatGPT to the program to help you get your planning done faster. And so if you want to delve into, dip your toes into the AI world and how it can help you with homeschool planning, we have got you covered. All of that plus the regular 10 planning modules and everything you need to get your homeschool year started great. You can find all of that at pambarnhill.com forward slash autopilot. And now on with the interview. Okay, so today I am joined by Christelle Larson, who is a member of our community over at Homeschool Better Together. And you've been around a while. You came to the beach retreat back in January. So much fun. Yeah. So tell everybody just a little bit about you and your kids and how you got started homeschooling. So I live in rural Southwest Iowa. I have three kids. Charlotte is seven, almost seven and a half. Daniel's almost five and Katie's almost three. We have been homeschooling from the beginning with one small, like two month journey into preschool for Daniel because he needed just some extra speech intervention. And we found that I or my oldest daughter were very quick to jump in and translate for him. And so he needed to be in an environment where he was truly on his own to kind of cross that hurdle. Um, So it was purely for speech, not for preschool. (laughs) Um, Both my husband and I were public school educated, and when I was in my 20s, I kept meeting kids who were homeschooled, who were teenagers, who were just amazing kids. Mm. Um, Most of the kids I knew as a teenager before, you know, were the stereotypical 80s homeschool kids that were off a little bit socially, unfortunately, you know, but, but I mean, I, I probably met three, like, so really yeah. my sampling was very small. And so my husband at first was very against it, but right as we were about to start that 4k year is that year 2020. I don't yeah. know if you remember that being anything special. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just really nice that by then I had already really been intrigued by homeschooling and just decided to go with homeschooling and like that removed so many decisions the masking decision, needing to know what the schools were going to do. We just went with that. So I jumped in probably a little enthusiastically as a lot of young moms do when we decide to homeschool, like Charlotte was four at the time, but we were going to have a full day of curriculum, you know, type mentality. 
So I just kind of started, I followed um, your blog and your stuff, joined the community, um, also in Sarah McKenzie's community with reading. Those are kind of my two gurus. I did learn really quickly to narrow it down. There were a lot of homeschooling voices out there. So that's kind of how I ended up homeschooling was just meeting amazing kids. That, that is fun and exciting. And yeah, so I'm, I'm so glad that, I mean, you know, I'm never glad about 2020, but I'm so glad that like homeschoolers came out of it and people who are like, oh man, yeah, let's do this. This is really the best thing for our family. So that is awesome. Well, so you fairly quickly came to plan your year uh, or you fairly quickly came to put your homeschool year on autopilot. So how did you how did you find it? Were you searching for something? Did you feel like there was something uh, inadequate or wrong or frustrating about your planning? Or did you just kind of stumble into it from the very start? So I have only done one, maybe two years without the advanced planning. And granted, I had a newborn at the time and it was only preschool. So really the amount of planning was not intense. But I could see already that if I was just going to be going day by day or even week by week, by the time the kids were in like first, third and fifth grade ages, I was going to be in over my head. I could see the writing on the wall that this was going to get overwhelming really fast. And I I don't remember how I found it. It might have just been an email of yours or I was already in the community. I don't remember which came first. If I was in the community first, I don't remember. Like it becomes all of that like. I can't back back out of my rabbit trails. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was either in your community or through an email that I heard about it. And I bought the book version of the plan your year um, just because I can read so much faster than I can listen. I'd open my cupboard to see what the the book was. I've got all my homeschool stuff just like right here above me. But um, and so I've done it. I've done it two years now. And it's just. It is a lot of work on the front end, but then having the year roughly laid out is amazing. And I'm, it's been amazing to start it with my kids being so young where their level of needed curriculum and needed subjects and all of that is so small. So then as I'm improving and planning, it's at the, like it's they're building together as opposed to jumping into this, you know, at like ninth grade level. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because I think that sometimes people really don't believe me when I say, I plan, I do really plan out the whole year in advance. Now, do I do every single thing that I've planned? No. And there usually comes a day in November or December where I'm like, oh, we probably need to reevaluate some things. Maybe we need to add something that I forgot or something like that. But I do not like, I don't spend any time on the weekend or anything like that doing anything once the year starts. I think if I did, I would just absolutely go crazy. So have you, have you found that to be the case for you as well? So I still do, I do a weekly planning session just that covers life. And part of that, about 20 minutes of it is homeschooling. So I will go through and look at whichever morning plans, time plans we're looking at. Okay, is there a craft this week? Is there, you know, for example, today we did the make papyrus with the Egyptian explorations unit. That was one I could have skipped. <laughs> Wet glue with a five, with a four-year-old boy. We had splatters of glue all over the schoolroom. Um, but just stuff like that, you know. So I do a quick 20 minutes of what's this? And uh, the program I use for our devotionals, they release only two to three weeks in advance. So I know that I'm using 
this program for our devotionals, but I do have to get on and print the pages just because they're not released all the right. year out. But even that's really easy because I know I have my procedure list. Okay. I love that. Yeah. because So you've eliminated basically the decision fatigue. And now I know why you have to spend the 20 minutes planning each week because I don't do artsy craftsy projects that I have to go find supplies for. <laughs> I, my daughter loves art. And so it's yeah. one of those push pulls of allowing her to express an interest and a talent. Um, and my two-year-old, especially I like she loves to draw. She, my two-year-old has been holding a pencil correctly since she was 14 months old. And so she oh, wow. will sit in color for hours. Like what is wrong with this child? So we, I ha- I have to work in a little bit of art for them. Normally the messiest we do is like the chalk pastels. Mm-hmm. So the glue was a stretch. Had I realized how messy it was going to be, it would have been in the kitchen instead of the, the schoolroom. But Look, Elmer's glue and water cleans up. We did it. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So you mentioned procedures list and it sounds like you're really leaning into goals because one of the things that we talk about in goals is finding your kids strengths and planning for those. So you're obviously doing that with your daughter um, and the art. Is there, is there another part of the course that you find um, helpful? Like what is your favorite part of the whole planning process? I think the vision, the first time I tried to write the vision took forever because it was the first time. Now I love it because it really helped me put in perspective what I wanted my homeschool to be. Because like I said, there are so many wonderful homeschool voices out there and wonderful people. And even when we did the beach retreat in January, like listening to all of these amazing women and what they're doing in their homes, it's very easy be like, I need that. 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 And so when I compare it back to my vision of what do I really want our home to look like, it makes it a lot easier to look at somebody, appreciate what they're doing and leave it on the table without feeling guilty or that I'm missing out. One very concrete example is at the beach retreat, we studied Shakespeare and, you know, it was talked about how you can do Shakespeare at any age. You don't have to wait for a certain age. And every time it came up, this little voice in my head said, Charlotte's not ready. She'll be, it's better for when she's closer to 10. And because I had learned to trust myself with what my homeschool needed, it was very easy for me to be like, we'll come back to this. Like I'm an English major. Like I am all about some Shakespeare, but I knew if I pushed my kids too early, it'd be too much. And so having that vision helped me to know when to say no and when to say yes. So it really helped you to be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's funny because you're saying, oh, it took me so long to write my vision the first time. So you haven't by chance seen the new module that I released yesterday with using chat GPT, have you? I haven't. Okay. This, it really kind of blew my mind when I did it for the first time, but um, we have a prompt now in the course where you tell it to act as a homeschool mentor. And it asks you, because of the way I've written the prompt, it'll ask you one question at a time about like your educational philosophy and what things are important to you. And you answer all these questions. And at the end, it says, oh, well, by the way, based on the answers you've told me, I think this is your vision for your homeschool. And it writes it out for you. And then, you know, obviously what we teach you in the course is then you can go ahead and edit it or ask it clarifying questions and things like that. And I'm thinking, because you're not the first person to have told me, like, mm-hmm. I just like the vision just takes a while. It takes a while to do. And now it's just so much faster. 
Well, I think two things caused it to take me a long time. The first time was one, just I, like you're pulling from everywhere to yeah. get it. And so the, the prompts I think would help. And being an English major, I, I probably spent too much time on getting wording just right. Yeah. And so I spent a kind of above and beyond, but what's been nice is now last year, I just kind of reviewed it, looked to see if that's still where he was going forward this year. Like, not that I can skip that part, but it definitely has become an easy on-ramp to the rest of the planning rather than a really big hurdle to get over. Like once you do it that first year, you just kind of reread it, make sure it still fits, tweak, and you move forward. And so that's oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've been following this same process. So I did it the first time the year that Matt was in Afghanistan because I was just I was just completely losing my bacon. Right. I was like, I've got to figure out how to make this work because I'm going to be by myself all year long with a seven year old, a five year old and a two year old. And that was when the when the process really was kind of birthed. And so I've been doing it since then. And I think Olivia was seven. She's just about to turn 18. And my vision has changed once in all of those years. So probably after I had been in about four to five years, I took a look at it and said, you know, there are really a few things that I would like to change. And even then it didn't change substantially. You know, I went back to like, I, I tweaked a couple of things that had become more important to me as I loosened up, you know, as a, as a homeschooling mom. Um, And so I, I would expect that down the road, most people's would would take a major shift maybe once or twice. But for the most part, that is something that that stays the same. And I love so much the fact that you're like, I can do just what's important to me, you know, it, and for me, too, it keeps me from buying curriculum. It keeps me from trying all the crazy things that everybody says are like the best and wonderful and newest thing, because I can just go back to that vision again and again. I love it. I love it so much. Well, Christelle, thanks for coming on and talking to me about how you plan and how you follow rabbit trails. That was awesome. And, um, you know, how you get everything done. I really appreciate it. Well, I don't know if I get everything done, but I try. <laughs> <laughs> well, how you get everything that you do done. There, there you we go. go. <laughs> And there you have it. I hope you found a little bit of planning help and inspiration from this episode. If you would like links to any of the resources that Christelle and I chatted about today, you can find them on the show notes for this episode. That's at pambarnhill.com forward slash TMBH72. Also over there, you can find a link to our autopilot planning course as well. Now I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with another, the third and final episode of our series of planning uh, with real homeschool moms. And we cannot wait to have you join us then. Until then, keep on homeschooling.